Okay, Matt, we're recording. What did you want to tell the people at home? Nothing. I just wanted to welcome all the ag heads back into the <laughs> into the podcast. Is that it? Yeah, they're they're you're an ag head, I'm an ag head, and all our fans, they're the ag heads. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thank you. You know, so it's it's good to have gotten in our only our third episode <laughs> to have gotten the worst cold open out of the way so that yeah, I'm glad we did that in, in the future we know that they're all going to be better than that one expectations can only go up and that's something that the ag heads really know adventure game heads no nope i don't like it we call them the leisure suit crew <laughs> Done. Done. That's what you're called now. Enjoy. <laughs> What's up, my leisure suit crew? One pushing up roses here. I am back with my special boy, my precious, precious little boy, and co-host Matt Aukamp. Hi, Matt. What up, eggheads? It's oh my me, god, Matt Aukamp. That's a very interesting last name. Like, what? Uh, what? What? What is that? Aukamp. <laughs> yeah. It's... Like, what? What heritage <laughs> is that? Uh, it's sort of German. I. There was this project i had to do for german class in high school where it was like everyone's supposed to research the origins of your last name and then come and like let everybody know like oh i'm french so my last name is from the archaic french word for this and the yeah whatever my last name when i went to research it this was on early days of the internet right like this was Uh early 2000s and i couldn't find anything and years and years and years later i would revisit the question and find out that very likely it was a french name Auchamp, and then a bunch of french people moved to germany and then somewhere between their living in germany and their moving over to the united states changed to all camp now i've since cool. then i've seen conflicting evidence for that <laughs> but anybody look at my face and think French, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy's French. <laughs> really? We don't have a picture of you. We haven't scanned one in. Uh, so I know there's, we- no, <laughs> there's no picture on the internet, so if you just picture a French man. With a beret. And, like, just maybe, like, a little Irish. I think you look like the Curse of Monkey Island Guybrush Streetwood. That's how I view you when, <laughs> like, who I'm talking to right now is yeah. essentially Guybrush Streetwood, just so you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess I have a little bit of a Guybrush vibe. I've got this. You got we've a vibe. Got, we share a hair. Well, who, whose vibe do I give off? Um, you know, That's a loaded question. You know in um, the Fraggles? Yes. That uh, big lady made a trash. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you. I can't believe this. Okay. No, I think okay. Like, you're like, uh, you give off like uh, Elv- Elvira on the weekends. Oh, yeah. 
but during the week I'm trash lady of the trash no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I'm just saying during the week when she's wearing her business attire. Okay, you heard it here. I compared Matt to a guy brush three foot, and he compared me to a trash monster. <laughs> so Rose, is, uh, awesome. what have you been playing? So, well, actually, this is going to be a great segue into what we're talking about today. We have been playing a lot of demos for yeah. Next Fest, right? And that kind of inspired me to do a few other things. I'm actually quite interested now, and I haven't had the time to play it yet, but I played the demo for Death of the Re- Reprobate. And mm. now the dev is going to send me keys for his, for his other games. Oh. And, I, and I've watched a few videos on it, and I can't believe how well that works. I just can't. I can't. It's so bizarre. I've never seen a more bizarre looking game. And I think like as an artist, um, if you guys don't know what those are, the Joe Richardson games, he uses Renaissance style, not style. I'm so sorry. He actually takes uh, images from Renaissance paintings and animates them and puts them in games. And they're, they're very funny. They're very well done. The animations are, I guess what you could call crude, but also crack me up. Also, I think they're hilarious. All his games are just so funny. I mean, I I remember looking at the premise and thinking it was going to be just like, it was like an interesting art style. Like the art style was funny, but expecting just the most kind of basic, simplistic point and click game and then expecting the humor to sort of be you know, kind of puerile. Instead, what I got were these like really thoughtful and interesting <laughs> point and click games. Because this is his third, Death of the Reprobate is his third. He's done two other games. He's done Procession to Calvary and uh, Four Last Things. It's called yeah. his, uh, oh God, what's the name of the the trilogy? Oh, he the, has a name for the trilogy now. It's called the Immortal John Trilogy. Because like that is... <laughs> <laughs> that is a character in the game. I find that my humor style really aligns with these games right. because I mostly, for the most part, do what I would say more wholesome humor, goofy humor, like Wayne's <laughs> World. But then I'll hit you with like a fisting joke. It'll come out of nowhere. <laughs> and that's what makes it funny. <laughs> you definitely don't want fisting to come out of nowhere. You want to spend a lot you of don't. time preparing. You don't. Yeah, this is a public service announcement. Always be prepared. <laughs> And what have you been into, Matt? Um, you know, I've also been playing just so many of these demos. And yeah. like I said last episode, the one that's kind of hooked me and I'm just like spending hours and hours in is this Islands of Insight demo, which just came, the full game just came out today. Oh, uh, yay. And I've I've been playing it and it rules. And yeah, this will be released about a week from now so hopefully you guys have been on islands of insight playing playing with me <laughs> wait oh <laughs> that's around. the mmo yeah this is the mmo oh you're still into it oh, oh man cool. I, I love it so much you uh, want, also want to do a let's play you want to do a let's play on this game where we just fart around in this adventure <laughs> game world that might be fun other than that i've been and this is this is another like obsessive game of mine because I think between all these demos, I just wanted to play stuff that could that I could just kind of meld into and let my brain turn off. So I've also been playing uh, for like the fourth time. I've been playing Lies of P, that Pinocchio Dark Souls like game. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, you. It's it's like a Dark Souls game. Only you're you're 
you are basically Pinocchio. <laughs> uh, and you're <laughs> the like dream. Just this handsome little robotic puppet boy <laughs> just carving through hundreds and hundreds of enemies um, and incredibly difficult bo- boss fights. When you beat that game, you get to start over from the beginning of the game, but you don't lose your levels or your weapons. So yeah. you're just extra powerful. Nice. And playing a Dark Souls-like game with this like extra power. So it's like, it, you feel so cool <laughs> just being able to <laughs> tear through a Souls-like without having to worry about dying every, you know, five minutes. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Uh, just to chill, listen to audiobooks and yeah, just carve up some I've, puppets. <laughs> I've also been playing stardew valley but we're not gonna talk about it this time because <laughs> matt says i talk about it too much so you know we're not gonna talk about it we, we have so much to talk about uh with these next fest games so why don't we wrap up the segment like now ish uh and then we're gonna oh, right come when back. I, right when i right when i mentioned stardew valley yeah sure yeah let's wrap up now uh <laughs> and uh we are going to come back we're going to talk about a ton of fucking next fest demos we've played so many <laughs> and then uh we're going to cap off the show. We're going to talk to Julia Minamata about her game, Crimson Diamond, and then just about some other random junk. Yes. So, Roses, roll that break music. Man, I love this music though. Swanky Maximino. <laughs> I mean, how can one resist? <laughs> how was your break? Uh, it was great. Uh, I finished a protein shake. Uh, or are you, I'm sorry, are you asking the audience like you were last time? Are you no? This time I'm me? asking you. Keep Thank up. You. Thank you for caring. <laughs> yeah. And then next time I'll shake. ask the audience, and then the time after that I'll ask you. You just got to keep track of this. Maybe Please? like uh, maybe make a little uh a document. A little document that you can check. Please stop toying with my emotions. <laughs> I need to know if people want to know how I'm doing. <laughs> how was your protein shake? Uh, it was good and it was chocolate banana because I Ooh. am getting swole. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I can be fast and a good jumper like you. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing that's better than that. So next fest. <laughs> next fest 2024. <laughs> Is a every year Steam does this. We we talked about this last episode, but uh, just as a quick introduction, every year Steam does this like week of demos and live streams and uh, developer commentaries and stuff. It's just uh, basically they call it like a celebration of uh, what what you can expect in the future. Mm -hmm. So there was a ton of adventure games in Steam Next Fest this year. and we, me and Roses, we played a shit ton of them. Roses, how many did you play? Because I, I know mine is going to be an embarrassingly high number. You played way more than me. So I you... played around 10, which is a yeah, lot that... of demos to play in like I agree. a short period of time. Yeah. I played how 26. How many did you? Six. <laughs> 26. I played 26 of them. You played 26 demos? I played 26 demos. How are things going in your life, Matt? Or do you need a friend? Or 
Uh, I'm kidding. There were so many really good ones. And before we get into, we're going to talk about a ton of them today. Uh, We brought up a couple last episode. And if you want to, you can go back and check episode two uh, where we talk about these ones. But I would just real quickly, I want to say someone the first ones that stood out to me the most were botany manor mm-hmm. uh cabernet islands of insight is the mmo which <laughs> yeah. i talked about in the intro segment it's so good it's so good i really love this game um i'm, I'm glad it, again, the story is barely there it is somewhere on the spectrum between embarrassingly obtuse and non-existent like it's somewhere yeah. on that spectrum but the puzzle, it's just so fun to run around and have an infinite number of puzzles <laughs> to solve. I'm, Shit, I'm going to go I'm play it. I'm loving it so much. Uh, and I, did we talk about Sky of Tides last time? We did. Yeah, we talked okay, about yeah. the four, the four uh, cool. demos that you had already played. Why don't we roll into talking about some that you've played, Roses? Sure. Um, so one that I am very excited about is I, I think I mentioned that I probably have already mentioned this a bajillion times and don't even realize it is the MS Cornelia two incident. Right. First of all, the screen caps got me hooked immediately. It looks very classic <laughs> point and click, very classic older King's quest. Would you agree? Yeah. Like the old, like King's quest one era. Yeah. I'd say, that. yeah, it's got like a uh, code name Iceman. Kind of I vibes. know, which yeah. kind of frightened me at first because <laughs> we're not into submarine simulators over here at no, this podcast no. necessarily. But yes, it gave me those vibes of being on an island, being very secluded. Um, very interesting thing about this game is it just it just kind of pushes you right in. No story, no intro. You're just there. You're just on an island and you've got to find certain clues to unlock your memories to figure out who you are and it's not a very long demo but it was enough that it very very genuinely i'm very intrigued to keep playing this game i really want to figure it out i found it challenging actually i I found so not only are there seemingly like inventory puzzles there's also yeah this mechanic like roses is saying where you try to unlock your memories by highlighting certain words and then you yeah, go a little, sort little of the, hidden objecty right yeah and then you sort yeah. of go into this brain palace uh <laughs> where it asks you questions and you have to use you have it once you get enough clues you sort of put together like you you piece together the answer yeah using the clues and it, it is a little bit of a challenge, I will say that, but I will also say because it does throw you in and you're not quite sure what you're meant to be doing, as soon as you got that gameplay down, as soon as you know, oh, I got to look, I got to look for letters, I got to look, I got to scroll over things and see if there's <laughs> clues, then it became a, like a little bit easier for me once I understood that that is one of the core mechanics. And if you like chunky pixel art, it's beautiful. Oh God, I love it. I have a type, <laughs> Matt. When it comes yeah. to adventure games, I got a chunky, chunky, ch- chunky uh, <laughs> blocks of color, <laughs> super uh, high contrast murder mystery vibes. So I want to talk about a game that I played called Please Touch the Artwork 2. And now I never it. played Please Touch the Artwork oh. 1. Interesting. It's kind of like a hidden object game, and mm-hmm. but with like a point and click system right you're you control 
a character, a cartoony kind of looking character on screen. You click around, he goes where you walk. Um, But you encounter characters who are just the objects of of paintings. And these are all, it's all based on the works of Belgium's famous painter, James Ensor. You talk to people from his paintings and then they give you some amount of an object you need to find. And then you walk back through the paintings and try and find that number of that object. Uh, Uh And in addition, there's this other mechanic where sometimes you come across rips in the paintings Mm -hmm. and you have to repair them uh, with this, you know, casual little game that's like uh what do you call those games where it's like you're trying to draw a shape without ever retracing your steps it's like doing a continuous line doing a continuous line yeah and it's so it's like that and once you solve i think like two of those in a row it fixes the painting and then you can progress it's really silly and fun and uh i yeah i was really impressed by it it honestly looks very cozy it's yeah. like, I want to dive cozy. into this. Yeah. It's, the developer's name is uh, Thomas Waterzoi, and I'm probably mispronouncing that. <laughs> Sorry, but it's like Thomas. the word water, the word zoo, and then the letter I. <laughs> I'm going to bring up the chicken police into the hive. Oh, my God. Because, yeah. yeah, because I, I, hadn't pl- I didn't know that there were other chicken police games. Am I right in saying that, that there, there are others? There is one other chicken police okay. game. It was released a few years ago. Uh, Got it. I think maybe 2021 or 2020. Yeah, it's 2020 it was released by the Wild Gentleman is the... Oh, wild. Is the, <laughs> that's yeah, the name of up. the... That's the name of the dev. The first one was called <laughs> Paint It Red. I played the demo for their next game, which is called mm-hmm. Into Chicken Police Into the Hive. And right. once again... I have a type like I know <laughs> when a game is just going to grab me immediately and yeah. it's going to be that 1920s hard boiled noir type of a thing. It does help. <laughs> There's animals in it as an animal, uh, a, a huge animal lover, um, but especially birds. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's a, uh, it's like photorealistic. Yeah. Animal heads on human bodies, which is what an interesting aesthetic. It's really hard to get used to at first, but you sink into it in a way. Maybe not hard, but it it seems it's odd. It's like supposed to be odd and it feels odd at first, but you sink into it so fast that when like some uh, dude with a fox head shows up, you don't even even think about it. You're just like, oh, there's fox guy. That's the world building. You know, it sets up this, this world. I love that you can play it in black and white. So the first game was all black and white, and this game adds a color mode, which is awesome. Like, it's very cool. That is cool. It's awesome that they did that. I still chose black and white because I wanted that heavy noir feel. Love the voice acting. Uh, Just sounds great. And I didn't, obviously, I only played a demo, so I didn't play too many puzzles. Right now, they're pretty fine. They're fine. You know, I am more interested in this world, in this crazy world yeah. of chicken police, you know? So the main, there, there is some inventory puzzles in the chicken police games, but the main thing is interviews. Um, yeah. Or like interrogations, you, I guess. Interrogations, right. So you yeah. can, you, like in this demo, you talk to a bunch of people uh, and the conversations can go a number of ways, but the main 
mechanic, like I think the most interesting mechanic of the chicken police games <laughs> is the interrogation where you have yeah. specific goals and you have to coax specific information out of informants. Uh, and the game ends teasingly immediately before, like you say you're about to start an interrogation and then it fades to black. And it's like, thanks for playing the demo. Okay, so I played a very weird game. Oh boy. Uh, and it, this game looks so much weirder in screenshots than the demo actually was. So I imagine mm-hmm. this game gets much, much weirder. It's called Indica. Yeah. Um, I no doubt of that one, man. Like, I was yeah. like, nope. If you look at the trailer to that, it looks unbelievably frightening. The game itself that I played was, like, uh, tense. And okay. there were scary moments, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I was never scared while playing the game. It's That's got good. a very, um, it's by developer Odd Meter. It mm-hmm. takes place in some kind of, like, alternate Russia It's got a very uh, Last of Us kind of vibe. Really heavily, realistically rendered 3D, uh, third person. Uncanny Valley almost. Like I'm getting that. It's it's real, but not real. You know, you know, there's something wrong. Right. So all the sequences I played, everything was very realistic. But based on the trailers and the screenshots and stuff, it seems as if the Uncanny Valley is part of what makes it scary. Um, Right. And so the game, the part of the demo that I played, you're just, you are a nun who was kidnapped by some, it seems like some ex-soldier, and you're taking him to where he wants to go, uh, and as you're passing through these, like, little Russian towns, something bad has happened, and we don't know what. They mention possession? Oh, I like Uh, that. So it's like, it's, it's sort of steampunky, but very light on the steampunk. But so you're riding this like steampunk motorcycle kind of, and it's making this weird sort of 16 bit noise. And I was thinking something else in my house somehow was playing this noise because it doesn't fit with the game. And there's all these other things like <clears throat> when you find certain things in the game, you get these like very pixelated rewards. Mm-hmm. And so it has these really incongruous elements where you're playing the super realistic game and suddenly this very retro aesthetic pops up. So you start to find out that this nun has a lot of guilt about something and you don't really know what it is. But when you end up by yourself at some point, you start being like uh, interrogated and maybe tortured by this demonic voice in your head that's oh, like Lord. mocking you. And he has this power to alter reality. But if you pray, his voice goes away and reality goes back to normal. So he might stretch out a room uh, and then you might be able to progress further than you were. And then you pray and the room compresses again. And now you can reach, say, a platform you couldn't before. And so you climb up onto the platform. The way you're describing this is scary, though. Like, that that sounds sense to me. If you have... uh, a lot of religious superstition. I think this game's going to be instantly scary to you. If okay. you're not very faithful, I think you're going to be, it's going to feel tense. Like you're waiting for something to jump out of nowhere. It's very weird. I hope that I've communicated <laughs> strongly enough that this game is strange and there's all sorts of elements to it that just are i think intentionally incongruous with each other i've never played anything like it the closest thing again is the last of us but that does not encompass it 
that's just sort of like the visual style and the narrative style. And then, yeah, there's this puzzle platformy element. What's your next game? My next game is because I just can't get enough of detective animals is (laughs) (laughs) Duck Detective, the Secret Salami. This game (laughs) is adorable. I cannot stress to you enough. The visual style, your your character looks like a little cutout sprite. It is so cute. You look like a sticker. You look like a sticker. Yeah, that's true. The voice acting, top tier. I was so impressed, but also it was, it's funny. I actually found myself definitely laughing uh, at a few, just especially at our character, the duck detective, who is seemingly going through some heartache as the hard boiled detective (laughs) usually is. Right. And, uh, but also is trying to figure out these kind of, I don't want to say petty cases, but you know, they're wholesome. They're, they're wholesome cases. They're not. Because he's a, he's a bread addict. Yeah, he's he's on the loaf. Um, and it's simple so far, right? Because all I've played is a demo. But mm. I like the way the puzzles work. It is a mystery puzzle thing. It's a, it's about observation. It's about taking in the clues and like putting things together to unravel more of the story. It, it's yeah, do you want to of... describe that mechanic a little bit? So I was going to actually explain it like it kind of reminded me of Contradiction. I know I don't think you've played that one, Matt, but I have basically so like you'll have a sentence with like blanks in it, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be like uh, Sally was upset because blank on her blank, which sound phrasing I know, uh, but essentially <laughs> you'll have this sentence that you need to uh, that you need to figure out and identify correctly. So you go yeah. around your setting, you look for those clues, those words, and then you kind of put that sentence together. And hopefully it'll make sense. You know, hopefully you're doing it with intention and not just like clicking words everywhere. Yeah. Hopefully you've looked at everything and you're like, oh, yeah, Sally worked on Tuesday because the the calendar said Tuesday. You know what I mean? So right. I, I really like it. I think it's accessible. Again, Once again, I feel like I'm being pleasantly surprised by these demos because the screen caps just don't. I don't know. They don't do the screen caps don't do yeah. it for me. I have to play it. Absolutely. Uh, and on that same train speaking of animal detectives and speaking (laughs) of fill in the word mysteries uh (laughs) and i just want to take a second to say you seem into it but i think we've had enough animal detective games (laughs) like there's (laughs) enough there's i think it's called tales now what was that game called uh with the like the badger everyone was really upset about the way that it ended (gasps) Backbone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they changed the name to Tails to try and avoid <laughs> um, the backlash. It's it's Got actually it. really messed up in the way that they handled the Kickstarter's bad. Anyway. Oof. So, yeah, there's Tails. There's uh, uh, Brock, the, the frog detective. There's Brock, the investigator. So there's chicken police. There's there's one that's doc- a cat, uh, Lord, right? Lord, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch that are a cat. Yeah. Uh, there's nine noir lives. Um, oh, man. There's lord Wigglebottom investigates it's just there's so many there's definitely <laughs> other things you could do besides make a detective animal if you yeah. are a person listening to this developing a new detective animal game just change the sprite to something else <laughs> we have too many it's ridiculous anyway so this, game, this game's about a turtle detective called, <laughs> called turlock anyway. 
I felt like called... we just went anyway. Here's Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called Turlock Holmes. And mm-hmm. it's basically a word game where you get a paragraph about something that happened. Like uh, a boy was found dead on the street in nothing but his underwear. He had an um- umbrella next to him, but it wasn't raining. What happened? Yeah. And oh, it sounds like a math question, doesn't it? <laughs> like a little and... bit. Right. And you get <laughs> a bunch of blanks and the blanks are different colors. And it's like the red are the most integral parts of the story that you don't get for free. The white mm-hmm. is like uh, of and or the. Yeah. And it goes up and then there's like yellow and then there's blue. And you can click on any of these words and try and guess them. And you'll know how many letters Earn the word, and sometimes as you solve certain words, it will give you certain letters for right. other words, so you have a place to start from. And if you can't figure it out at all, you can do a basically a sporkle on it. <laughs> you can click okay. on the word, and it'll let you do like a sporkle. So I will say this towards uh, like animal detectives and stuff like yeah. that. The way that this is being described and I did watch some let's play so I could be in the know about what I'm okay. looking at. Yeah. Um, I will say that this game Turlock Holmes seems to be more emphasized. It is like a word game type yeah. of a thing. And I will say for duck detective, the animals and the, the cuteness of them and talking to them, it does matter. It would be, it's even a little more egregious, right? It's a long, it's kind of aligned with other like cutesy detective games where I think Turlock Holmes is more puzzle driven or at least at least logic puzzle driven yeah i would agree with that turlock holmes is more just like a mascot in the game exactly exactly all right what's your next game so i would like to bring up a game called prim um and i feel that this game was made for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the, the the demo is not too long and it's not too involved. I love the art style. It's very illustrative, uh, pen and ink, very gothic. You are playing Death's Daughter, which I think is amazing and fun. <laughs> Something I took note of right away in that game was the music. I felt like, man, I don't even know. There's a familiarity to it. I felt like I was playing like another Monkey Island or another uh, Grimm or something where the, the, the music just felt so nice uh, to yeah. listen to. The character design intrigued me. The art style absolutely intrigues me. The mechanics are accessible and easy to use. There's only one thing that's maybe a little bit of a a negative for me, and this is personal preference, you guys. I thought the voice acting was almost too emphatic. I don't know how you felt about it. I played this demo a couple years ago. I don't know if the demo has been updated since then. Okay. Uh, but I, I can't quite, I can't remember what the voice acting felt like. For me, it went a little over the top. And that that sometimes takes me out of a game. And this happens with adventure games pretty frequently. Sometimes dialogue is just, it can get a strain to listen to. Because yeah. you are spending energy listening and paying attention to this dialogue. So if it's a little bit too much, a, a good example is Toonstruck. Very emphatic voice acting. Granted, I like that game a lot. But it can be a drain on your energy right. to listen to Tress McNeil play <laughs> a, a, a happy little bunny for two hours. You know what I mean? Right. This is what I'll say about Prim. If you liked the Datalik games, I think Prim is worth checking out. 
it's cartoony. I, I think it's a little better than a lot of the Data Lake <laughs> games, but it's got a similar kind of style. It's by Application Systems Heidelberg. It's been in development for a while, and I'm not sure. It it has a 2024 release date, but that, that has been pushed back before. So okay. I don't know when we can actually expect it, but hopefully this year. I know this is like a very highly anticipated game for a lot of people. All right. What's you, what do you got? Okay, let's see. I've got, I played so many roses. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about, real quick, I want to talk about, I'm going to do a couple real fast. Is that all right? That's Games totally that I have fine. maybe one or two things to say about, and that's totally it. Totally fine. Okay, so I played uh, Queer Quest, mm-hmm. which was a, you know, it was a, a cute little point and click adventure. Made by Queermo Games, and the two those two things together should give you a you know hint of what you're in for. It's very it's very much um, LGBTQ uh, uh, pageantry, right? A yeah. celebration. It's a celebration, um, yes, definitely. The one thing I want to mention about Queer Quest is they put music with lyrics. Oh no, that's as rough. the background music. And it drove me crazy because I'm trying to read dialogue and then I'm just yeah. like my brain's also processing what these lyrics are. Like I can't read and listen to music with lyrics at the same time I, yeah. unless it's a song I've heard a thousand times, which maybe this has apparently been in development for a long time. So maybe these developers have heard this music so many times the lyrics just disappear into maybe the sound so. for them. But yeah. This is going to be new music for anybody who's playing it. <laughs> yeah. It just... Well, I, I, I hear what you're saying because it, it is not voice acting as far as we know. Yeah. So we are trying to get the information of reading the dialogue while this uh, this voiced music also plays. So that's a little tough. Yeah. Um, I want to mention also Mutants Ate My Carrots, which is a very <laughs> sort of standard point and click. Um, it's, it's, again, kind of cute. Uh you play a really muscly, angry rabbit who had all his special black carrots eaten. And now you're on a quest to find who took them and get them back. Uh, the interesting thing about Mutants Ate My Carrots is that in addition to inventory items, you also find physical attacks, types of punches and kicks and stuff. Oh, okay. um, and some of those you can use on the environment. <laughs> to get through obstacles and nice. most of them you use on other characters so when you come across a character that you can fight they will have a certain number of dots above their head and each mm-hmm. of those dots is one more thing you have to solve so the thing you have to solve might be just using the right punch on them or the thing you have to solve might be you have to distract them in order to get your first hit in so they're it's kind of a hybrid almost like it is an adventure game but they do have other mechanics going on yeah unlike say brock which was like a legitimate beat-em-up where you hit buttons and to punch and kick this one has you just select them from your inventory bar so it's like just making them part of your inventory which is interesting the other one i'll mention real quickly and then i'll throw over to you is back to hearth this was strange i don't know how i feel about this game so i don't i honestly don't know if i'm giving it a recommendation or not but i do want to talk about it because i think it was interesting it's by Podobo Podobo Interactive and the Marivo Collective. And it's a 3D game using very basic 3D assets, sort of almost like a PlayStation 2 uh, sort of feel. And you're revisiting this 
it, it almost looks like you're coming back to uh, a home in the American South after the Dust Bowl mm-hmm. um, blows over, and you have to clean up your yard. The, the tasks you do are really not fun, but it seems <laughs> okay. to be hinting at a much deeper and more interesting story. And what I think mm-hmm. was really impressive about it was just how atmospheric the game was. It definitely puts you in a, a world. Mist- it's a little mist-like. There's that intrigue of your settings. There's not, and again, there's not really puzzles to solve. There's just really tasks right. to do. Um, right. It'll definitely wrap you up in its ambiance. Okay, your turn. I just want to touch on this game very briefly because this was the last game I played on my demo list. It's called An English Haunting. Ooh, yeah. And I didn't get a chance really to go through it the way I wanted to. I ended up, it, it, this is not on the game. It's not boring. I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> but I've got to say... Once again, I have a type, and that's what it is. That pixel art, that animation oh is God. gorgeous. What in the world? It's so beautiful. I'm having trouble thinking of a game with that gorgeous, like Backbone, maybe. God, it yeah, is that's just that's what I can gorgeous. think of. Like, I I can't think of another game except for yeah, maybe Backbone that has that beautiful of pixel art. Yeah, um, it's it's gore. I love the 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 talk. Everyone's talking, so their mouths and necks are quote moving. You know, as much as mm-hmm. you you can in a pixel yeah. art. I just I'm I re brought up the screenshots now because I just think it's so beautiful. I I really uh yeah, it's just like intricate pixel arts with modern lighting effects. Again, much like Backbone. Uh, I don't know why yeah. that's coming up so much in this episode. <laughs> Backbone's <laughs> very relevant right now. Um, I get. Oh, sorry, sorry. Tails. Tails. Get it right. Jeez. You know what it kind of reminded me of, just very slightly, is the Trilby series. They chose Mythos series. Yes. I could see that. Yeah. Just based on the gameplay, a little bit of the dialogue, a little, very slightly aesthetic as well. But like, as I was like reading, as I picked stuff up and I was reading, it kind of gave me that vibe. It also gave me a little bit, I don't know if you've played this one, Matt, but uh, Clock Tower vibes. It gave me like, ooh, I'm in, okay. a, I'm in a scary place and I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, this was one of the most impressive demos I think I played. I think up there with uh, Botany Manor and Cabernet. And yeah. uh, I think this is one of those games that I'm going to play the moment it comes out. Yeah, I just, I can't get enough of it. I imagine these are games that you guys will be hearing about from us on this podcast again later when their full games are out. Um, yeah. That's by the developer Postmodern Adventures uh, okay. in English Haunting. It's just another game that's made for me. I just assume um, that these devs are making games for me because they like me. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly, the premise of English Haunting is that you are a professor at a college that's part of their metaphysics department yeah and Mm -hmm. there has been some sort of controversy with your partner and you have 72 hours to prove that ghosts exist or they're (laughs) going to or they're going to shut down the the metaphysics the metaphysics department And and keep in mind our character doesn't believe in ghosts he is a skeptic right i got that right right he's that did not I didn't get that. I know 
maybe there's some line of dialogue that I missed. Uh, I misread. I'm sorry if I misread the intro. (laughs) (laughs) One of us. One of us is right. One of us is wrong. And the only way you can know is by playing an English haunting. (laughs) He's just he's just very like scientifically minded scientific method. These are our tools and everything. Yeah has like he asked he asked his students in the beginning if they believed in god and he's like well where's the supporting evidence so that to me read that like he's not gonna believe in ghosts he would need evidence what i got from that is that he was saying that denying the existence of ghosts is silly if you are a person who is of another faith who has any sort of faith okay Um, got it but I now I can see where, exactly where you got that from. But I, I my think, bad. <laughs> I think he believes that there is a scientific explanation for ghosts, and that's the reason for the metaphysics right. department. Let's talk about Gloomy Juncture. Yes, let's. So this is an interesting little game. It's by Subtales Studio. The the dev actually reached out to us on Twitter. I had already played their game by the time they uh, messaged us, but it is. Okay, it's first person 3D, but everything mm-hmm. is like it's made out of cardboard. Everything's kind of blocky, and it's like the details have been drawn on in marker. Which um, I love. Just as, as right. an artist, as a drawer, as a painter, I really think it's cool. I found that part of the game very highly engaging. Yeah, the art was incredible. Uh, I was I was really impressed by it. I got a little stuck on some of the early puzzles, I couldn't like. I had a little trouble figuring out the way to navigate the environment. Like the puzzles weren't yeah. tough, but figuring out where stuff was, like searching the environment, was a little tough. The last puzzle of the demo is a sort of obnoxious type of puzzle that made me laugh out loud, and I loved it. Which is, you have to determine where certain color blocks go by yes. tracing a really, really complicated tangle of wires <laughs> across the <laughs> ceiling. And that's just such a... <laughs> it's like when the boulder in a Dark Souls game comes out of nowhere and crushes your character. And you're like, how was I supposed to know? It's like yeah. the sort of thing where you feel like the developer's like making fun of you. And yeah. it made me laugh out loud. And I really appreciated that. I, I'm th- again, this is a personal preference. This is not a reflection on the game. I am not a big fan of first person adventure games in general. Mm-hmm. I think people know that by now. It is not my favorite thing. I don't know. It's a brain thing. Like, I get mixed up, <laughs> right. I get confused, like, I feel stupid. <laughs> so, that kind of threw me a little bit. But right. if that's something you don't mind, I mean, there's always going to be exceptions to the rules. So Firewatch was first person too. And I love that game. So I am eager to see where this game goes. I did find it to be a little crass. And this is coming from somebody (laughs) who made a fisting joke. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, your first task is to clean up puke. And then there's there's a lot of drug references. You're in a very dingy, kind of shitty, like, kitchen. Kitchen, um, yeah. That seems to be part of some really, like, seedy establishment. Um, but it gets very, what do you want to say, psychedelic almost? Yes. Yeah, psychedelic, yeah, sure. Yeah. It gets kind of dreamlike and uh, surreal um, yeah. by the end of the demo. I think I need to see and play a little bit more of it for me to mm-hmm. be like, 
I love it. You know, I don't. I, I right, mean, right. The English Haunting is the only one where I basically joygasmed over an adventure <laughs> game. So you've got big shoes to fill if you're not an English Haunting. If you're not an English Haunting, <laughs> I will. I'm going to blaze through a couple once again. Um, okay. Right, I want speed talk. run. Speed run, Matt. Speed run. Speed run. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Death Trick <laughs> Double Blind is by uh, Misty Mountain Studio. And it's like a visual novel kind of deal where you are a, you're a woman who is, you can read minds maybe, and maybe. you're a magician <laughs> and you're trying to solve the death of a magician at of another female magician or disappearance of another female magician at mm-hmm. some carnival by taking her place um, <laughs> and seeing who that draws out. And at the same time, you're switching between that person and a detective who has been hired to investigate this woman's murder by this circus. Um, it has a very Phoenix Wright sort of deal. Cause again, it's a visual novel um, but you can present items and topics and, you know, characters in conversation and they'll mm-hmm. have different effects. So you can look for contradictions the same way you nice. can yell objection in <laughs> Phoenix, right? In each conversation, you can only do so much. You have ability points. So you have to pick and choose the things you talk about judiciously. I played a game called Demon Masquerade by uh, <laughs> Callum Page. Is that okay. the developer? Uh, let me look it up. Keep talking and I will look it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and it seemed to... The problem with this one, it was like a kind of a comic booky art style. The problem with this demo is it was very short and it kind of just walks you through the tutorial. And as soon uh-huh. as the thing starts to get interesting, the demo cuts off. So I'm interested in seeing where this game goes, but basically you are this child who's a subject in some research facility and you're solving puzzles. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing. They give you puzzles and you put them together as like you can, you solve them as quick as you can. But then uh, on like the third day, I think the director comes in and hands you a criminal case and says, here's another puzzle. Solve this. Which is a really interesting idea, right? You being like a some sort of gifted, some some sort of special or superhuman or gifted child, yeah. Who your abilities are being used in this completely different way to solve criminal cases. Like that sounds really interesting, but you don't really get to solve any of the actual cases Got in it. this demo. Got it. So I also see that it is anime inspired, so it has a little bit of a an aesthetic to it yeah it's got a little anime uh definitely definitely comic booky for sure yeah yeah and that is by callum page it is yeah oh, speed run okay i played exit <laughs> a bu- <laughs> i played exit a biodelic adventure which i would call like okay it is it is a point and click adventure it takes place in like a futuristic world and as opposed to cyberpunk this is like yucky punk <laughs> yucky punk. did we just did we just create a new genre yucky or, punk organopunk like a biopunk maybe is a good word for it it's like biopunk you are in this like alien world or maybe it's earth in the far future but everything's been taken over by like biological technology so everything's squishy and organ like and 
it's it's sort of like 2.5D where there's 2D backgrounds and then kind of like 3D modeled characters. It looks really mm-hmm. cool. It's difficult because they don't really explain to you what all these weird bio technology things are. You just kind of yes. have to figure it out. And some of it is intuitive and some of it is not. And it's all really yucky. It's very strange. Uh, if you like really weird shit, <laughs> if you like yuck punk. Yuck punk. <laughs> yuck punk games. Matt, would you like to join my yuck punk band? <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, Exit a Biodelic Adventure. Nice. So the last game I want to talk about is Death of the Reprobate by Joe Richardson. And I had not played these games before. So the demo is kind of what got me into it. And Matt kind of encouraged me to play because yeah. uh, we were we were kind of talking we were looking at like screenshots and you're like oh this looks hilarious i'm like it does not this does not look <laughs> hilarious oh, no really i was like a little yeah. judgy but i'm like you know what somebody worked super hard at this and i'm gonna see what it's all about and upon playing it i very much appreciate the humor i i it's <laughs> it's so funny the the graphics are so interesting I love the way characters dance. Um, so like, let's let's talk about what it's. I mean, you know what? I'm not even sure what it's about because it's so. You, <laughs> it's so you play. <laughs> you, you play two like, tasks for your for your uh, ill dying father, right? Yeah. So your father yeah. is immortal John, who is like the holy emperor of this Renaissance land this absurd renaissance land who again is made up entirely of renaissance paintings the backgrounds are all renaissance paintings the inventory is items are all pieces from renaissance paintings the characters are all from renaissance paintings and by which we mean they're collages right like these are they are cut out and put in yes so you know every every scene you're gonna see a um El Greco and you're gonna see a Mm -hmm. uh, Michelangelo and whatever it's so if you like renaissance art it's worth it for that it's the games are really cool and beautiful and there's always a segment a section of his games where you walk in and every painting he's used is on display (laughs) like a big art gallery and you can click on them and the character will make some sort of joke about it Mm -hmm. but you can also just look at the paintings you can also just it tells you who what the name of the painting is when it was from who it's who the artist is and you can just admire these (laughs) renaissance paintings this is pretty cool yeah yeah so you are the son of immortal john and he is dying and you want his kingdom and he's making you do a series of tasks Mm mm-hmm Oh, not, not just tasks though, like good deeds. He, good you deeds. have to do like, yeah, you have to do like seven good deeds before he dies or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's got a verb coin. You can look, you can talk, or you can yeah use your hand. And if you use your hand on people, you just like slap them. <laughs> and it's always <laughs> so funny to just walk up to somebody and slap them and see what their reaction is. Look, I'm not about that anymore. I'm not. I'm traumatized by putting the shorts in the luau in Stardew Valley and being people being so disappointed in me. So I'm not slapping anyone because okay. I don't want them to hate me. Mostly, there's just a funny joke. Just, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And it looks so absurd because the characters in these games move so crazily. Yeah, he's 
so good at figuring out how to twist and turn these figures so they look as stupid and (laughs) hilarious as possible at all moments. Yeah. I think the humor is like a weird cross between, okay, some of this is going to turn people off, but imagine the good parts of all these things. Um, (laughs) Like the good parts of South Park combined with the good parts of uh, Monty Python combined with maybe like the humor sensibilities of say like the state like um wet hot american summer or yeah those kind of postmodern comedy yeah so a little bit ed- of a little bit being pushed to the edge with certain things it's interesting though cuz there's all there's also a lot of silly like silly wholesome humor like i think the first thing you see upon the screen is like see you later nerds or something something <laughs> yeah. just very silly to yeah Put with a, a renaissance background, right? Yeah, there's a lot of slapstick. There's a, it's just, it's, they're just funny. Like, I don't know what else to say. You know, humor's subjective, but I can't imagine any human being playing these games and not finding several things to laugh out loud about. For sure. Uh, th- you know what the most impressive thing to me was, though, is that it actually is an adventure game. So when I, when I first saw these games a couple years ago, I'm like, what are they... Are they like hidden object or, or or even kind of lower than hidden object would be like like the the humongous arts games where you're just clicking on stuff and getting did I just say humongous arts? <laughs> you did say humongous <laughs> arts, which I believe is your brain combining Lucas Arts and Humongous Entertainment. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> they remind me of the humongous entertainment stuff where yes, those are made for children, but they're mostly like you click on something and it gives you like a little screen, a little animation, or a little a little thingy. So yeah. I thought that's what that was going to be. But upon playing it, there are full settings, you know, full inventory, full ass characters. This is an adventure game, and I found myself getting very attached yeah. to the world that I was in. And his games are incredibly well designed in this in pu- in the puzzle sense. Um you're not just going to be walking around picking up item use item with other item use combined item on guy right like you are going to be thinking through a series of and it's not like i I don't find his games very difficult but the way that you play them is interesting and there's always a huge variety in how you solve the puzzles even in this short demo you solve the puzzles Mm -hmm. in like a variety of very unique ways yeah and i i like the puzzles some of them were a little gross, but I can overlook that uh, for a good game, you know, for for balance. I can overlook that if it's balanced. There's what one thing turn... I want to say, though. Go, go, yeah, go okay. ahead. What did you turn the guy's head into? I did not get that far. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. I'm talking about I'm talking about the milkshake that you give the kid. I don't the, remember quote, this. the milk. Did we play different games? <laughs> we did the milkshake the milkshake the milk that you give one of the kids to make them stop crying it comes out of a cow and we're back uh we okay. got something out we had a little bit of a what would you call that matt uh i we had a doubting of reality i guess because <laughs> we both played the same demo but we don't know if either it got updated in between when we played it or if there's an optional section or something but <laughs> Rose has played a whole different, different part 
of the game than I did. So we had to like walk through everything we did. <laughs> and be like, wait, I didn't do that. Uh, and we then both we, came. Then to the... we thought that we weren't playing the same game, and like something happened. It's yeah. okay. Like <laughs> we both got an fine. ending. Yeah. No, um, it's fine. We can still like <laughs> we can still um, suggest this game. So yes, we we had a little kerfuffle, a little mental kerfuffle, and now we're back. And now we're back. Uh, this game rolls. It's may it's I just, say may I say yeah. one negative thing? Just one. No. Uh, no. Moving okay. on. No. Okay. No. No. Oh. Please. Please do okay. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was gonna say some of the music drives me insane. That's just me. <laughs> okay. I love the music. Every the, here's the thing. Every screen is a different like classical Renaissance piece being played on traditional mm-hmm. instruments, and every every screen in all of Joe Richardson's games has a whole like Renaissance band. Yeah. Uh, that's just there and you can look at them and if you if you try to if you look at them he just the the character just sings along <laughs> and, and there's no dialogue so it's just like hum to hum to hum 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 it's so it's, cute it's so cute and funny um but i love it i mean i, I think it fits the aesthetic which i, I can't imagine mm-hmm. you disagree with right i do not disagree with that it is the right choice mm-hmm. i don't want to hear a pan flute anymore i don't like regular <laughs> flutes Please stop. My eardrums are being perforated. That is personal preference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love old ass music, so I, I enjoy it. But I, I guess I could see if if you don't like it, it is nonstop in it's every non-stop. screen of the game. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and every screen I, of the game think... has a different band playing a different song. So that is something you might want to think about if you cannot stand Renaissance music. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a woman of very poor taste, so <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> Give me some uh, yuck punk. I, I would do much better with yuck. <laughs> and with that, I think let's wrap this segment up. Uh, oh. Roses. Yes, Matt. Do you want to go talk to Julia Minamata about adventure games? Alone? Yes, I do. Well, I'll see you later. No, I'm coming. I'm coming. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> We are back. I am here with a very special guest, Julia Minamata. Did I pronounce your name right? First, you of all? did. Perfect. Perfect. Yay! <laughs> you might. Uh, for, oh, sorry. And Matt's here too. Hi. Hi. Okay. Matt. Now that that now <laughs> that's good. out of the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I I did uh, a thousand push-ups during the break. He's so strong, Julia. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Matt is very physically strong and a good jumper? That's really I'm- impressive. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm also very fast, but uh, it's okay that uh, Roses didn't mention that. Yeah. Well, I got to leave something, you know, to, for, to be a surprise, you know? Yeah. yeah and I keep true. something in your back pocket there. So. <laughs> yeah. I hope you know that when we go to the Adventure Game Hotspot, fan, I think it's called Fanfare Now Convention. Mm-hmm. I hope you know that you need to live up to all of these insane expectations. And I expect you to be very fast. I'm very fast. I can jump really well. I'm strong. Yeah. 
<laughs> I hope you're on board with that. Anyway, now that that's out of the way, you might recognize Julia because I did a video uh, a while back on oh, her boy. demo. Yeah, for the Crimson Diamond. So long ago. It was a while ago, yeah. <laughs> Julia, how long have you been working on the Crimson Diamond? Oh, this question, yeah. Oh, so long, so long. Just lie. So long, it's okay. you guys. We won't tell. Oh, okay. If I could, if I get to lie, I'll be like twenty twenty two. No, but for real, for real, it's been a, a very long time. Um, and I like to say it's because yeah, it was it was a it was a hobby before. It was kind of like oh, pixel sure. art. I'm going to do some pixel art. Da da da. And I did some pixel art, and then I wandered away, and then I wandered back, and I did some more, and then <laughs> that's kind of how the development happened for the per uh, the first like five years five six years of just just doing oh, yeah. that it's coming back to it but uh, yeah like I, I always pinpoint um like november 2018 as the first kind of official time when i started to get serious about it because i, I showed it for the first time in toronto here at uh, an event called wordplay uh, at a showcase so that was the first time i kind of showed what i had publicly and then from there i kind of focused more on it so i kind of put 2018 like late 2018 is kind of almost an informal starting point which is still a long time ago but but uh that's okay, I've been told. It is okay. Yeah. Art, and art I tell myself time. that too, so. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any sort of, I, nobody looks at pieces of art once they're done and says, yeah, but how long did it take you to do that? <laughs> I ask that all the time. Well, I okay, I ask like people who make games. I don't like go to the yeah. museum and wonder and go to art galleries. <laughs> right. and like, how did so like, long did that painting take? Yeah. For the, the Mona yeah. Lisa's cool, but do you know it took him ten years yeah. to paint it? It's far less cool when you know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm never looking at it again. <laughs> no, art takes time, and it's it is just you are a team of one, right? Mm -hmm. Is it just you working on the game? It is basically me, except I do have a musician working on it with me, Dan Policar, who is an amazing musician who actually legitimately bought himself a Roland MT32 to compose <gasps> the actual music on. That's amazing. Where, yeah, cool. I did not ask him to do that. I would never ask anyone to do that. Expensive. He volunteered to do that, you know, on eBay. He got his for like 150 US, I think, which is actually cheaper than they were back in the day because they were yeah. outlandishly expensive back in the day. But right. uh, no, I'm so fortunate that Dan Dan is making the music for me because he was so like already totally into like the look of the game, which we'll talk about later. Maybe like it's EGA, so it looks very old mm -hmm. school. It gets to sound old school. We're actually considering uh, releasing an actual MIDI album of the music. Yes, so, yes, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so like he he's a big part of that, and I'm really super grateful. But yeah, everything else, yeah, is is, is me. That's amazing. I I can't even fathom. Like I'm, I'm an artist myself, mm -hmm. and Matt is uh, <laughs> a very special boy. A very special boy. Yes, uh, he's good at jumping. He's very fast. I hear you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we all have in here an appreciation for the arts, um, yeah. music, visual arts, gaming, especially. And yeah, it it takes a long time. Uh, but I want to ask you how. When did you okay? When did you play the Colonel's Bequest? <laughs> That's what I want to ask because look, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. I played mm -hmm. it when I was young. It scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, I finished it without. I think I, Matt and I talked about this. The first time I played it, I was maybe eleven. I I did that run where you don't have to do anything and got mm -hmm. the lowest score possible. Mm -hmm. I I was so scared to even look around because the <laughs> what i hear you matt i hear you snickering over there <laughs> i found it very 
frightening as an 11 year old so what what is your experience with uh the colonel's bequest yeah, I was super, super, super scared of it too. I think yep. it's designed to be scary because you, yeah, you stumble in on scenes and the time passes and you're like, wait, no, I didn't want that to happen. Rewind, rewind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of almost set up to be that way. And my my first memories of it were, uh, I think this is a, a fairly common story amongst us adventure game folk is my dad was part of like one of those software piracy rings at the office where they would yeah. always just swap Whoa. games with each other. Yeah. Yes, yes. 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 Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Yes. So my dad was in one of those kinds of arrangements where, yeah, they would photocopy the manuals at, at work and mm-hmm. um, oh, amazing. So that, that was my, um, that was my exposure to Colonel's book quest. It was a bootleg bootleg. That's amazing. Yes. And did it as a bootleg, did it run pretty well? It would, it was totally fine. Absolutely fine. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the, I don't know how we did. You know what? I actually think um, we, I think my sister might have come to think of it. I think she actually drew like the little fingerprints and everything so that we'd have them to look at. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah. That's Julia, incredible. Yeah. Julia, what is the weirdest, like a game from your childhood like that, that, that your dad <laughs> and his buddies pirated <laughs> that you've never seen again? And no, like, what's the weirdest one? You know, the thing is, is that everything seems, you know, I've, I watch a lot of like retro Twitch, uh, Twitch streamers and everything. And I feel like just yeah. about everything that I remember from back in the day, I've seen, like there's <laughs> that weird Sierra boxing game that I used to play a lot. Um, oh, that wow. Had a, it had a kangaroo in it and stuff. So I, oh, I've, shit. nice. I've, it's great. I can't believe Sierra, you know, Sierra published that. That's kind of amazing. Um, but yeah, just about everything under the sun, I've seen other people play. But I will say, I there are so many DOS games that I never played back in the day that I'm getting to actually experience now like i'm playing currently i'm playing on my my streams uh, a, a an ega text parser adventure game called denarius avaricious sextus what i'm not i've never even you've heard made of that, that up you've made that no, up. No, no. i know here's the thing i thought so too but I was, it was recommended to me on my stream someone said hey have you played this i'm like what are you even talking about I've, you know never heard of it it's made by like it's so cute okay it's made by what one of those uh, small team english developers called this one's called thorisoft of letchworth and it's made by four people with the same last name like three or four people like mark mike mandy um and it's really different like the so you can control it with with arrow keys, but also you can control it with a mouse. And like as you oh. drag your mouse around, you move your mouse around the screen, and the guy moves along with your cursor. It's like you're the cursor on the screen. Oh, Whoa. that's weird. It's I super even... weird. Yeah, no, no, it's great. It's great. And and also there's a boss button that you can put, and you can have like a graph going up and down. It's great. It's great. <laughs> so wait, I'm very intrigued. But yeah, yeah, you know those boss. You know, you know the boss button. Just it looks like a spreadsheet or something. So if your yeah, boss, like, oh, by- oh the, <laughs> the boss, boss button. button. Yeah. I had I, yeah, I was not following at all. I was like, wait, <laughs> you could just fight a boss at any point. No, <laughs> no this Matt, is if your boss no. comes by. Yeah, while you're, by your cubicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so press you the can... boss button. It's a fake spreadsheet. But it's so funny now because of course now it's like it looks like some DOS application. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like your boss like, <laughs> you're not fooling anyone. <laughs> we don't run this. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's been so for me, like the stuff I've remembered back in the day, I, I've seen all over the place, but it's a yeah. joy to discover new stuff that I had never gotten to play before. And that, that counts for um, a lot of other adventure games that I've been discovering recently. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, LucasArts and Sierra, like we've all kind of mm-hmm. seen those. But what I love to see is, yeah, like the four people in the UK making this weird little game that, that I've never seen before. That's the fun thing for me. That's what I enjoy the most right now. And yeah, honestly, like, you only get to know about that stuff by like word of
of mouth because I, I mean yeah. i'm not gonna how am i even gonna look that up i don't even know where to start yeah no i think as as things have gotten more accessible with uh you know gog gog.com mm-hmm. and even steam to an extent it's just easy to play adventure games and there have mm-hmm. been really you know old games that have been newly released that i'm thrilled mm-hmm. that i'm like oh wow i wanted to play this as a kid i think i saw mm-hmm. this out of babbage's mm-hmm. and now i get to play it, it is thrilling it's it's like yeah it's literally like finding hidden like um treasure like buried yeah. treasure like like literally hidden gems like and for me what i've been kind of enjoying recently in terms of that this idea of rediscovering stuff that you never got to really play is i we were always a pc household mm-hmm. and never had the consoles i had like game boys and stuff like that but never an actual like nes snes sega or anything like that and recently like late last year i bought myself an Ambernic, one of those little like handhelds that you can Whoa. load a bunch of roms on oh so cool I, yeah so i finally got to play you know the adventure games from like nes like like deja vu i've got deja, oh, deja vu, vu. Ah, nice. yes and uninvited, all these things. I'm, I I cannot wait to discover this is whole world of adventure games that I just have never really had access to. And and thanks to how things are now, like we do have access to just about everything. I know there's yeah. a lot of a, a, Amiga games that never really made it over to PC that I haven't played. But when you go to like one of those abandonware websites, mm-hmm. yeah. there's just yeah. so many games that you're yes. like, they just look like the point and clicks we all loved at the time but you've never heard of any mm-hmm. of them <laughs> yeah it's the best it's the absolute best i i yeah. actually played um recently i so i, I do stream on tuesdays and tonight's a, t- tonight's a tuesday i'll be streaming tonight um i've been streaming yeah like games i've never played before uh, from the from back in the day and one of them was uh cruise for a corpse by delphine cruise for a corpse that was yes. one i found on home of the underdog yes i listened to your yes. first Same. episode yes there's, yeah. there was like home of the underdog wasn't there something called happy puppy or i don't know there's a bunch of like old sites happy puppy sounds Sounds familiar. I Cruise for a Corpse was also one that I got in one of those old abandonware yeah. sites back in the <laughs> yep. day. Yep. N- never beat it. It's a tough game or I'm dumb. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's almost impossible. I did play it. Okay, it, good. It, it takes a village to play these games, I like to say, because I'm just getting help. People are like consulting like mm-hmm. playthroughs while I'm on stream. I'm like, help me. Help me. Because <laughs> sometimes there's not even a walkthrough. Like the, the game I'm playing right now, there is no walkthrough for this game. Like there are a few long plays that you can find on YouTube, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it happens. It yeah. happens. Uh, <laughs> when I started doing um, computer games for YouTube, that was back in 2013. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're all very old. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started doing that, I would play games that I I very much wanted to review, but there's no walkthrough. Yeah. And it was, it was just impossible to get there. I remember, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this game. I think it is out for purchase now. It's called uh, Personal Nightmare. I oh my gosh what? okay yes no. I've played that I finished it it is it is you one of the it? yeah oh my gosh roses it is almost impossible it might be the hardest game that I've like finished on my channel uh, yes I so just, please I'm please so share your experience it. share your experience with with personal nightmare I wanted to do a review on it uh, <laughs> I, I I had remembered it because it was on some kind as when I was younger it was on some kind of collection that mm-hmm. I had and I refound it later. And, you know, I'm trying to find cool stuff for my channel, for my new mm-hmm. gaming thing. And I'm like, you know, I started with Toonstruck. I thought that was kind of cool. And then I just wanted to hit some of the, before I got into Sierra and LucasArts, I wanted to hit some of those obscure things. So I went back to Personal Nightmare. Mm-hmm. And my God, I tried, look, I tried streaming it with an audience. We could not do it. Yeah. We all yeah. found the same <laughs> awful walkthrough that got us nowhere. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I, I think what happened is I got myself into an unwinnable and then I rage quit. Mm, yeah. You can rage quit adventure games, people. It's, it, it's allowed. <laughs> it's allowed. You're allowed to. They don't come. They don't come find you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They don't. But yeah, no. Okay. Personal nightmare. There were a couple places where I nearly did give up and I had to yeah, leave it for a little bit. There was a part where you have to crash a car into a tree. And I, I watched Let's Plays. I go, there was two different Let's Plays I was watching. One with, one was not even the same. Like, I think one was the Amiga version and one was not. Mm -hmm. And the one that was the same version I had, had no commentary at all. So they weren't even explaining what they were doing. And I even with the benefit of watching two different versions of someone playing it and succeeding, I yeah, I almost could not finish that part. And all right, Matt, you need to get on this so you know what we're talking about. Yeah, 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 play the whole thing. Play the whole thing. Yeah, if you guys don't mind just waiting a minute, I gotta not not, Matt, not now. Not now. (laughs) It's uh it's already loaded up. (laughs) Wow, that's quick. I'm very fast. He's <laughs> very fast. Yeah, <laughs> that's Matt's um, artistic talent. I, yeah, uh, I've never, I've never played. I, I don't know if I've played any of the horror soft games. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that's mm-hmm. horror soft. Uh, mm-hmm. The company, what they did the Elvira games is yes, uh, Julia. Did. Is Personal Nightmare technically part of the Elvira series? It is not. Okay. It is not. But I mean, yeah, definitely made by the same people. And I've never played the Elvira stuff, but. Um, yeah i so i i've got a clip of me like the the moment i finished personal nightmare and i will share that with you later okay it is the most yeah it's the most cathartic moment of maybe of my entire life it was literally the last like command i was i had to type in and i just couldn't figure out what was wrong why why it wasn't working and yeah yeah and it's it's one of those ones where it's almost better that when you finish a game like that where it doesn't have much fanfare when you finish it it's just like okay you're done and then that's it's it just it just quits <laughs> and you're like, after all that build like back to the command prompt there you go <laughs> yeah yeah it's basically like that which just makes it funnier to me because of all the struggle involved. <laughs> that's amazing uh have you guys heard of the game and maybe i i think this is sort of an adventure game but it's called rome pathway to power Are you guys familiar with that one no 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 okay this is a how do i describe this game i'll call it action adventure it's it's weird i feel free to look up screen caps my brother had it when i was very young and i just couldn't get enough of watching him play it was like an okay. early let's mm-hmm. play before that was a thing it was the most difficult game. Back what, when you what, actually what had the... to, you actually had to say to somebody, "Hey, let's play." Let's, yeah, hey, you had to say it. Yeah, let's let's play, this. play this together. I'm yeah. So I watched him play it, and then and then I, it kind of got lost in the recesses of my brain for a long time, and then it came back as a as a retro game person. So I I played it, hardest game I've ever played. So difficult. However. I have a clip saved mm-hmm. on my stream. You can watch it where I beat like the hardest level oh. on accidents. Totally a fluke. <laughs> didn't mean to do it. But man, it is so satisfying <laughs> yes. when you get through those like impossible yes. moments. Yep. Did you, yep. you know, in like, uh, I, I think sometimes <laughs> these games were easier originally or they weren't meant to be beaten, but <laughs> they just weren't I'm, meant to be beaten. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm struck, like, I'm remembering, have you guys played Seventh Guest anytime yeah. since, like, 1995? Yes, for, uh, for I, a review. 
I have okay. not. I played it a little bit. And yeah, I just like not my thing. I'm like, it's a bad game. No, it's not my thing. If you want to a... hear me rant, <laughs> I, seventh guess. Uh, it's a bad game. Eleventh hour is probably the worst, like literally the worst video game I've played in my life. But I thought people liked that more. I thought. Oh my god, were... oh. we could talk about it sometime. Uh, All right. It will take up the rest of the episode if I start going into it here. Oh but um, there is a sequence where you play, I, I guess it's like basically uh, Chinese checkers with uh, against the computer. Oh, you're talking about attacks, the game attacks. That's what the that's what the original game is called that the game was doing. It go on though. Okay, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's one Sorry. of those games where you have marbles and you're playing against somebody and you have to jump their marbles. And yeah. uh, if it was based on the speed, like its logic process was based on the speed of your processor. So right. if you played it any time after say 1995, mm. it was so smart that it was literally unbeatable you could yep. in, you could only beat it if you were using another computer that would counter its moves and you got lucky yeah that's true that is true uh yeah remember when like like computer speeds were a thing <laughs> like mm -hmm. i i had found uh later in life it may maybe my early teens i found quest for glory one True story. I played Quest for Glory five, the first Quest for Glory game I played. But later, oh I, yeah, later I played Quest for Glory one, and my computer was too fast. Do you remember that slowdown program that was out there? No, no. Damn. Okay, so I yeah, I I don't know if I my poor computer. I downloaded a CPU slowdown program that would slow the computer down so I could play Quest for Glory one, so I could get past something at the end. <laughs> Isn't that oh nuts? Man, I feel like I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> no, you don't. No, this unless, you know, you want to play on like old hardware with with an original right. copy or something. But no, no, no. Thankfully, they've kind of fixed all that. And in DOSBox, you can cycle down and up and whatnot. Right. Yeah, yeah. DOSBox is a has been a lifesaver and Scum uh, VM too, which yes. can now run everything. Yeah, Scum VM just does everything now <laughs> and amazing. it takes care of all that for you yeah that's yeah. really great so matt um, so um i have a question just only for matt since, <laughs> since okay. julia said that uh personal nightmare was one of the hardest games she'd ever played mm -hmm. uh, me too and mm -hmm. rome pathway to power matt what is the hardest game you've ever played where oh you're just goodness. like you need to like rage quit uh, there's so many. There's so many of these old, I know. old like Cruise for Corpse is one that I was just yeah. like, I can't get it. <laughs> and I stopped <laughs> playing. Um, obviously, I quit Mist a million times. Mist actually have that triumphant moment um, that you guys are talking about with the games you played. I was on a flight to the Dominican Republic and I had put Mist on ScumVM <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to in this, I'm going to, for the, I'm going to focus on this thing. Oh dear. And I'm going to, without a walkthrough, try and beat Mist with the power of my own brain. Oh my gosh. And I ended up playing for the first half of this like beautiful resort vacation I was taking with my then girlfriend. I ended up spending so much time playing Mist on my phone. And then about halfway through, I got through. I beat it. I beat it with no walkthrough. I beat How the whole. Is that? I don't believe you. I, I beat no. the whole game. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> beat all of Mist with no walkthrough. And it was just, it was the most triumphant moment. And obviously no one was going to share that with me. I was like, oh my God, I beat Mist. <laughs> and my girlfriend was like, okay, cool. I was like, no, she you don't understand. She doesn't understand. She didn't understand the, the weight of, of yeah. that. Of being in like the early 1990s and opening yeah. Mist and being like, I don't even know how to get across the island right now. Like I don't, I don't know what any of this is for. Yeah, and then beating it and being like, I have achieved something <laughs> in life. And then your girlfriend just going like, Okay, anyway, do you want to go okay. to the buffet or? <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to the buffet now? Or yeah, I, I, I've never gotten off the first island on Mist. Nope. I didn't know there was more. Nope. <laughs> I think well, I, I, I I got missed as yeah I got <laughs> got missed as a young like a young person I I don't know if you guys feel this way but I find first person adventure games frightening mm -hmm. and Mist was so lonely with like no characters that I kind of didn't like like atmosphere pretty great I will say I will give that to Mist mm -hmm. but I felt scared I didn't I didn't <laughs> want to click on anything I was terrified. Um, I just remembered another game that I I did rage quit, and I can't remember the name of it. Tell me if you guys know this one. Um, it is you. It's not an American studio. Um, okay. It is a 3D game. It came on like twelve <laughs> CD-ROM discs, and you were a weird grandma. Uh. <laughs> Do you guys have any idea what I'm talking about? And she kept I think all, I need more than that. She kept all her inventory items in her bra, and she was in a what? and she was in this like she was in this like surreal landscape. I think all her family got kidnapped, and her house got pulled into another dimension. And what are you talking about? What are you talking I, about? This, this absolutely <laughs> exists. <laughs> I um, it doesn't even sound familiar. I'm no, afraid. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was from the early '90s, and my I think my stepmom had it for some very strange reason, and I started playing it, and it's incredibly difficult. Uh, and I played it again as an adult, and I st I still don't remember the name of it. Uh, I played <laughs> it again as an adult, and it is even like. The further in you get, the more it's just like it's that uh, moon logic, right? It's it's yeah. this idea of like how on earth would I have ever imagined that those two things would have that function? Yeah, I will try. I, I mean, hopefully, somebody listening will recognize the words that you are saying and <laughs> will know <laughs> what you're talking about. Because now I'm a little, I'm a little curious. Um, and kind of this okay, is going to be a on. very loose. This is going to be a very loose segue. Um, but speaking Wait. of like surreal, yeah, I'm sorry, Matt, did you have I, a, no, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt your incredibly uh, yes? good segue that we all <laughs> were waiting you. for. But uh, <laughs> so I started Googling all the words that I just said to you guys. Oh boy. I found somebody on Reddit who's looking for the exact same thing. <laughs> and he says, it's an old 3d graphics and you play as an old woman slash grandma to a family of animal abusers or something. What? Then one day a rabbit or a humanized and sized rabbit in a suit, if I remember correctly, comes to steal recipe of hers and ends up scattering the family all over this crazy world. Armed and delirious is the name of the game. Oh, okay, let's see this. Yeah, yeah, you guys have to pull. Yeah, uh, 
is. Even just looking at the grandma is the most unhinged experience you've ever had. What is this? Because she's made of like polygon, like in the early days of 3D animation, everything was like weird shapes randomly stuck together. (laughs) Oh my, this is the weirdest. What? I need to play this, to be honest with you. Wow. I need to play this. Okay. I want to, yeah, I want to hear some more about uh, Julia's uh, love of adventure games and Crimson Diamond. But maybe the three of us need to do an yeah. episode of this podcast in the future where we all play Armed and Delirious. Armed and Delirious. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's I've never seen this. I can't, yeah. Oh, wow. It's un- I'm shocked. It's unfathomable. You look at it and you just have no <laughs> idea what you're seeing. Uh, yeah, that's that art style is crazy. Anyway, my segue. Speaking about art, it's very loose segue. Um, how did you learn pixel art, Julia? Because that's something I have kind of a, a little bit of an interest in. I don't know if you guys saw, but I did a pretty good pixelated oddish one time. Okay. Ooh, yeah, pretty pretty exciting. So it it, it was not easy. Uh, how did you learn pixel art? How did I learn pixel art? I what I all I did was I just pulled up some um, some Sierra screenshots, I guess, and and finding oh. out what resolution they were working in. That that kind of was a lot of it because that that dictates you know how big the squares are and then how much detail you can get in. Mm-hmm. And I always loved the EGA art to begin with in all those Sierra games, and so that started me off. Okay, well that's the palette, that's the resolution, and then there were just so many screens, like screenshots of Chrome's Bequest and Space Quest and just about yeah. anything that I just started to look at how these things were done. And it's actually, I think pixel art is a pretty good starting point of learning if anyone wants to learn how to do art or to draw or to make art for games. I think it's it's a really great starting point because it is it is fairly simplified and you can actually look at those old screens and see exactly what was done. Okay, well, that pixel goes there and then it's that mm-hmm. color and, and here's how the light and shadow works in them. And from there, I was able to just start generating my own screens, really. Um, That's awesome. And, pretty ple- and the thing is, is... And when I just started out, I, I I was like, oh, this actually this doesn't look too bad, you know. This you know, well, well the thing is, I feel like if you use the the color palette and you use the resolution already, you're going to be like, okay, this looks like a game from back then because there was yeah. a broad r- range of styles of of even EGA, like different studios have different styles, but different people have different styles, and and um, it already kind of gets encouraging at the very start when you when you do that because you're like, okay, yeah, this this looks like it could have been in a real game, and then the imagination yeah. starts going, and and that that is kind of how I started. I started with like rooms i wanted to make little rooms like like uh, the kitchen and the living room i and yeah. i was thinking about the, the clue board so i took out my clue board and uh and started being like well yeah i mean what else do they have in a, cl- in a clue board there's a conservatory so that's why there's conservatory in my lodge which is why it has the same oh i love that like, I, I, yellow tiles. i'm so into it i a clue is one of my favorite things Mm-hmm. ever uh mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very much if i see like a conservatory or like a study yes. or billiard room i lose yes. my lose my shit yeah. <laughs> no i get really excited and like the reason i put a billiard room in my game at all is like there's a billiard room on the clue board and i don't know why there's a billiard room in my game and <laughs> it wasn't a game i was just like i'm making rooms and stuff i don't know and then when i started making game I'm like oh man i gotta do something with this billiard room else, else people are gonna be like why is there a billiard room and like i don't know so <laughs> I, I eventually came up with a reason why that is there that that's a lot of what is in the game like reasons are kind of backwards where i made something just for the heck of it i'm like okay i need to rationalize this this (laughs) or else people are going to have questions yeah um, yeah what point did you decide you were making a game and not just 
a bunch of scenes and characters. Yes. It it snuck up on me. It really snuck up on me. Like I didn't expect at all to be <laughs> to be where I am with it today at all. Like if I had thought about, okay, well, I'm going to make this thing. It's going to be like 70 plus rooms. And, you know, it's going to be like a 10 hour game. I wouldn't have even started probably. It just, it's too daunting of an idea. Right. It was mm-hmm. just like step by step. I'm like, okay, well here I made, you know, I made a little kitchen. The kitchen in the, in the lodge is like the second room I ever made as pixel art. That's my, my, my first room was like kind of a disaster, like in terms of scale, like everything mm-hmm. was too big for any characters and anything. You know, I looked at the scale of the characters from Sierra games, like, yeah, this scale is completely off that, that I just made. But my second room, yeah, it was better. My second room was the kitchen. And then I made other rooms. And I'm like, oh, that's, this is kind of nice. But I'd like, you know, I'd like there to be a character because I need to make this to scale. I need to make the counters be the right height and the cupboard be the mm-hmm. right height. So let's make a little character. So I made a little character. And then I'm like, oh, that's that's nice. But it would be cool. How cool would it be if, you know, she could like walk around in the room and then she could walk behind the furniture, just like in those games. And and so I picked up Adventure Game Studio, having seen Francisco Gonzalez of, you know, the Ben Jordan series and now of uh, Lamplight City, Rosewater and Golden. Yeah, Lake. he's amazing. Love he's it. Amazing. We, lo- and- we, lo- we love Francisco. <laughs> over yeah, here. yeah, I love it. Yeah, his, his games are great. He's one of the huge reasons why I even started making adventure games is because I saw hit like let's plays of her crabbiness had these let's plays on YouTube and I was watching and I'm like, one guy made all this like this is that this is an actual game right like people you can move around and talk to people. And so I started to slowly teach myself adventure game studio just be like, Oh, I just want to you know, okay, well, wouldn't it be nice if there was a door to this room and she could open and close it. (laughs) Yeah, so I I slowly, very slowly started doing all that stuff and then making more rooms and like, okay, I need a hallway and they started to, to, to pick away at it bit by bit. And then I started asking myself questions like, well, yeah, I'm furnishing this house. So what kind of furniture is in this house? Like what, what is the time period that this house is going to be in? Cause yeah. then I need, I'm going to look for reference of what kind of furniture I would have. Um, and then I started to kind of slowly germinate like a story in my head about why is this lodge here and who is, who lives in it? So yeah, that's another thing. What, what kind of rooms are you going to have? Who lives in this? How many people live here? And, and it slowly kind of built up to being like a little, like a little story that I started to expand upon. But yeah, it's not generally how people go about building stuff, I think. Like <laughs> yeah. usually people have an idea of what they're making before they start, which I did not. I I think I think a lot of people kind of fall into it though. I, I really do. Like I think a lot of people like unintentionally start making something more grand than than they intended it sounded like you really snowballed like it did started out with pixel art turned into a game yeah it snowballed because i'm like okay well like here's this lodge and and you know you can walk around the rooms but like what's outside the lodge and like okay well what's outside the lodge and how how many you know screens are that going to be well yeah there's a should there be like a shed or gazebos are nice i'm making a gazebo Because he was nice. And so, yeah, it just slowly just it literally did just snowball into something that was like, oh, when I showed it in 2018, it was basically the chapter one demo of that's on Steam right now. It was basically Mm -hmm. that what I showed, I mean, much in a much rougher state, but that was basically what it was. And people seem to really like it. And people just people would see it and put a smile on their face. And that was really Ah. I it had been kind of just in my head the whole time. I'd never really shown anybody, but to know that people were interested and excited, like totally lit a fire under me to, to expand upon it. And I just started from there. I was like, okay, well, so I got like the crimson diamond.com and I, you know, nice. started to yeah do all the social media stuff and everything very, very slowly over time. And um, yeah, it was just to get that type of reception to something that you've just been working on is, you know, I mean, of course, I'm sure you feel the same when you put out a video and you get, you know, people commenting about how much they enjoyed it or how much they remember that episode or how they identify with it. Like, it's huge. It's just, it's so yeah. nice. To have oh, yeah. Connection. It's, it's, 
getting feedback on like a hobby turned passion project is mm -hmm. is amazing mm -hmm. and i love the demo i can't wait i'm so excited well, we you. need more female first of all more female developers <laughs> uh but more awesome female protagonists yeah. Like Laura Bow, right, Matt? I don't think Matt agrees with me on this. Oh, no, the, the idea is I the problem. I don't tell know me, why. Tell us more. I don't know why Roses calls me out like this. I didn't play <laughs> because she knows <laughs> that I have not played um, Dagger of Amon Ra. Mm -hmm. Where? How dare you? <laughs> Uh, this comes up every episode, Julia. <laughs> this is like episode uh, one, two. <laughs> this, is, yeah, this is this is the th yeah. This is the third episode we've recorded, okay. and everyone okay. so far. Um, so <laughs> I even think she brought it up in her trailer, and I had to cut it out. Uh, what? Well, maybe <laughs> she. So uh, I. So yeah. No. Um. In Colonel's bequest. She doesn't have much of a character, right? Mm -hmm. She's just kind of uh, an avatar for the player. Mm -hmm. um, everybody else <laughs> has has the uh, personalities and drive mm -hmm. the story, and you just That's kind true. of walk around and experience it. So in Dagger von Mon Ra, as I understand it, she is a character, and she has mm -hmm. a whole yeah. personality, and she has mm -hmm. a job and a story, and uh, I haven't played that yet. So I don't and a, dislike- And a romance. Oh. So I don't dislike Laura Bow as a character. I just have not experienced the character of Laura Bow yet because she doesn't really exist in Colonel's Bequest besides her look. Yeah, like I would 100% agree with you on, on that observation. And in fact, I just recently completed like a collaborative Let's Play of Laura Bow one colonel's bequest um, mm -hmm. i'm on this like thing this youtube thing called uh, the level zero npcs and they've been okay. doing let's plays of sierra games for like years and years like like seven or eight years and i just oh, recently wow. joined them and because yeah they hadn't got around to the colonel's bequest so we're hoping to do we, we did colonel's bequest we're working on uh dagger from monra now and hopefully mm -hmm. when we're finished dagger from monra we can segue like right into crimson diamond or something yeah but wow we, we kind of had this whole joke about laura bow in the first game where <laughs> yes, she's kind of like a non-person almost. Like we yeah. kind of joke that because the way that she dies, like when the chandelier crushes her, and like when she walks into the swamp and it instantly dissolves, we kind of <laughs> joke that she's like she's made of cake, like she's like a cake golem. Because okay, also the yeah. way that you know the way that the axe kind of slices her, so you know. Yeah. So, like, so yeah, we kind of made like she's just like a cake golem that was animated by John Bow, and she kind of just wanders the country. <laughs> that's why people don't want to talk to her or engage with her. <laughs> she's kind cake. We kind of creeped out by her. And she could be sweating. on the show. Is it cake? Yeah, she could be on the show. Is it cake? And she would like be, be cake. cake. Be <laughs> she cake. Would, yeah, she, she's sweating through her fondant, you know, glaze, <laughs> and it's just really unsettling. And she just breathes warm oven temperature yeah. cake air in people's faces, and she has little current <laughs> eyes. That's how we kind of felt about her during that game. But definitely in the Dagger of Amon Ra, she has a lot more personality. Um, yeah. Just even to do with the voice, so we we do the little silly little voices, of course. In Laura Bowl one, there's barely any of her saying anything really out loud. It's true, and, that's uh, true. But they give them one around. Like I've really had to like polish up my southern accent, you know. And it's just, <laughs> ooh, yeah, um, it, it is fun. It's, she's 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 fun in the game. But I mean, of course, my heart's gonna always be with Laura Bow um, in the first game because of it's that beautiful setting, the beautiful EGA yeah. graphics. Um, so even though I can understand that it's not like the most amazing game, like adventure game I've ever played, like, yeah, it's always going to be, you know, you guys talked about in the previous episode, at least episode one 
about how you know that some games like like you know roses you're saying king's quest 3 where yeah. you know that it's not like the best game but there's just something about it that just holds a special place in your heart yeah there, it has an impact i i yeah. think the colonel's bequest is very impactful yeah. just in terms of uh time time constraints and murder mystery and and uh just interrogation and eavesdropping i think it really really did cool things mm -hmm. i actually preferred dagger mm -hmm. uh my fans know this i <laughs> love that game like mm -hmm. so much uh again another game that scared the crap out of me as as a kid it's it's one of those games that looks very friendly and it looks nice and funny uh but then it's very gory <laughs> and kind of yeah. kind of tense Who's yeah. doing all the murders in Colonel Bequest, not, Colonel's Bequest? Not the other, like, we get an answer to that at the end of the game. But yeah. who's doing all the murdering of uh, Laura throughout the game? Because it doesn't seem to fit with anybody's yeah. plans. Right? I've, like, I've, I've thought about that myself. I, I assume, and you guys can feel free to disagree, I assume it's Lily, her, her friend, Lillian. It doesn't. Wouldn't that ruin Lillian's entire scheme, though? It's not like she just wants... Like, why would she want Laura dead? Because Laura's snooping, and she's like, I gotta figure out some stuff. Except for if the first thing you do is take a shower, <laughs> you get, yeah. she'll kill you. She's like, I well, hate showerers. <laughs> Death to hygiene. Mm -hmm. I Honestly, I think then... I think then we can kind of go back because the shower scene is reminiscent of Psycho. Mm -hmm. So I think we can maybe assume that she, that she is just a psychopath. Okay. And maybe that's and maybe that's the reason. There is no reason she's gone a little bit unhinged due to the relationship with her grandpa um, and the rest of her family. And maybe she's just a little unhinged. I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see. What happens in uh, any adventure game stories after the character dies? Right? Like, <laughs> like, how would the Laura Bow thing have turned out had Laura Bow just died in the shower at first? And then everyone would have would have been like, well, that girl's covered in blood. Like, that was a very <laughs> brutal and vicious murder. We know who the murderer is. Yeah. That would um, be interesting, actually. I would love to know how those stories progress. <laughs> Like, how does Uncharted happen when just, like, <laughs> ten minutes in, Nathan Drake falls to his death? <laughs> that is a good call. Um, So I think we've been recording for a while, so I think we need to wrap soon. Sure. Um, Matt, I want to throw it to you. Do you have any questions? Because Matt recently played your demo. Oh, uh, do, you have any, do you have any questions you know, for Julia? I, I have just, like, a nerdy question about the art. What program do you use? <laughs> I use I use Photoshop, which is like okay. the most boringest answer. But I will say that if anyone wants to start doing just pixel art, there's so many like app, like apps or programs that are either cheap or free that are not only going to be just as good as as, as Photoshop or pixel art. Pixel art and Photoshop is kind of overkill. Like I, I'm used to using yeah, Photoshop right. because I was a freelance illustrator for ten years, and so I used Photoshop. I still use Photoshop every day of my life, and I'm just really used to it now. And um, that's one of the reasons why I stick with it. But, you know, the, of course, there's A-Sprite is great. And it has like, pixel art features that Photoshop does not have. So, yeah, A-Sprite is already a better featured pixel art program. And you can sometimes get it on sale. So it just recently went on 50% off. So I'm not sure if um, 
if it's still on sale but yeah you can, like sometimes you can get it for, you know 20 bucks i think i paid 15 bucks i think for it at, at some time so i do have and i have used it, it it's really good but um, yeah there's plenty i have something called medibank paint on my tablet which is really oh good, yeah which is also yep. free you have that one roses yes i do yeah, that one's great. Um, and also you can buy like a paid version for like, I bought it once for like five bucks or something where you can actually oh. get some some layer options and you can save out as a PSD and you can open up in Photoshop if you want. Um, so I do have that one as well, but that was just a one-time payment. So then, yeah. so then if you use Photoshop, like mm -hmm. do you, when, when you do dithering, is there like a tool for that? Or do you just no, literally no. go in and, and click pixels? <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, you do. But then what I have is I have a bunch of like, yeah, 300 by two, uh, 320 by 200 like layers, which are just the checkerboard. Mm -hmm. And I can like change out the color. So it's going to okay. be like, like you oh, know, cool. black checker checks and then like transparent. The other the other um, squares are transparent. And so, yeah, I just keep a bunch of those. And then I just use layer masks to um, to, you know, block out what I don't want to, to be um, showing and stuff. So, yeah, like that's, that's a, very, very useful when you're doing dithering is to have, the, the, you know, a the ability to have layer masks is, is definitely a key for, for pixel art. You ever notice that we all use Photoshop for not its intended purposes because we're all used to, to Photoshop? Yeah, they know it too. They know it, yeah. Um, well, I've been learning pixel art on uh, Procreate. I don't hmm. quite, I don't, I'm not sure I recommend it for, eh, for character design and stuff like okay. that, but I am learning how to do like backgrounds and things of that nature in Procreate. Just I hear amazing things thing about Procreate. Do. I've never tried it. I yeah, I love it. So used to doing art, uh, which is, and this is by its own nature, pixel art. Um, I got so used to doing art on Microsoft Paint that nice. uh, now when I buy a new computer, I have to go like search for the old versions of Microsoft Paint oh. because it's it's changed. It's changed mm -hmm. so completely um yeah. and no longer is based on you know a grid of pixels that you color in um yeah. i know game devs who use microsoft paint to make their art so it's totally absolutely valid anything's valid at, at, completely and there's you, there's no need don't don't like don't spring for any expensive subscription or any expensive piece of yeah. software to do pixel art it's absolutely not necessary and that's kind of the beauty of it is the upfront cost is very little like if you use adventure game studio that's a free software it's open source yeah. you can you can just make a game you can sell it you don't have to worry about licensing or anything um yeah it's really really wonderful that's awesome. Well, oh, I'm so inspired right now. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm very inspired. Well, Julia, thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us about adventure games. Um, oh, you're welcome. Now, I'm not going to ask when the Crimson Diamond is coming out. <laughs> that would be impolite Rude? of me. <laughs> that would be that would be such a imposition oh my on God. your goodwill. That you showed on coming onto the show. So I'm not even going to ask when the Crimson Diamond's coming out. This year. This year. <laughs> it is? Yeah. Don't, don't tease me, Julia. Do not tease me. I, I you know what? I, I'm pretty sure. Like, I've said probably this year, like, four like four years in a row. But I really, <laughs> I, I honestly think that it will come out this year. Like, right now, I am just um, about to send off Alpha version 2.0 to my testers probably sometime this week. So the game is playable from beginning to end. Oh, holy, holy. cow. That's amazing. Yes. And I, I did my so first excited. round of, of feedback. So I just got a lot. I fixed a ton of bugs. And now I just have some assets I need to update for the full game. And like the music is all done. The music is implemented. I'm like really close to, to being able to, to declare it finished. So, yeah. I am congratulations. So That's Thank incredible. You. That's Thank really you. great. Uh, and I, obviously, listeners, if you haven't heard of the Crimson Diamond, obviously, go check it out. 
yeah, please, you please wish should be feeling Steam. inspired. Please wish list on Steam if you want to. This yeah, there's the demo is available on Steam as well. There's it's also available on Itch.io and on a site called Fireflower dot uh, Fireflower Games. But yeah, the Steam of course is the big one for launch. Like the wish listing is a huge deal for indies, and yeah, uh, it helps us to make sure that we have a good launch with a lot of visibility on the Steam store page. Hell yeah! And Perfect. also, you 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 stream. Do you want to I tell do. everyone where to where yes. they can find you? Of course, yeah. I so I stream every Tuesday at eight PM Eastern um, for Karim's and Katuesdays. And <laughs> you, <laughs> you can find that at a underscore Maple Mystery on Twitch. And so what we do with those is I don't do any spoiler stuff or anything. So don't worry about getting any any aspect of the game spoiled for you. I only work on upgrading the intro art because the intro art, if you if you do download the demo and you look, you watch the intro, there's some art that looks very crude. And mm-hmm. I've just been going through and uh, updating that over the period of the past like three years since I've been streaming. So don't worry about don't worry about um, spoilers. When I do an art stream, I do art, and then yeah, I do a let's play. So yeah, one of the let's play games I did on stream was Personal Nightmare. I did Bill uh. Manor, High Seas Homicide, like a <laughs> bunch of like I've been sticking to EGA adventure games, and that's that's Perfect. kind of like my thing. So yeah, so that, so if you're interested in watching any um any EGA adventure games happen, um, that that happens um, at the tail end of an art stream. But sometimes Dan is available to come on, like some, like Dan tours a lot, so we don't we don't get him that oh. often. Like Dan is, I, he's he's in uh, Sean Paul's band. He's been in Sean Paul's band for the past what? like thirteen years or something. Wow! So Dan just came back from Australia, and so I got to have him on like last Tuesday, so that was nice. But um, a lot of the time, Dan also does a ton of other stuff. He like he teaches, he you know he, he composes for other things and everything. He uh, so he's super busy. But when we can have Dan on, like we we would we basically recorded. And composed every almost every track for the Crimson Diamond live on stream. What? And, That's yeah. so fun. Yeah. And so, you know, we take people's feedback like, oh, should this be faster? Should this be slower? What instrumentation do you like and everything? And so that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. I'm not now that the, the now that the soundtrack is finished, I'm not sure what we're like last week, like we just we did um some gra- I did some graphic design for the MIDI album on like a three and a half inch diskette. Uh, mm-hmm. I did I did some um some design stuff for that, but um I still like there's still room for some tracks if Dan if Dan wants to compose more tracks for the actual game. But uh, yeah, so sometimes it's a music stream and we'll do some of that, but I usually warm up with some art in the first place too. So it's it's a That's really great. fun it's a really fun hangout time um to to just um it's 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 been doing yeah for the past three years so it's it's that's uh, great i will stop by because you know i love art and i love ega games that's like perfect that's my thing (laughs) yes yes no no it's it's, you know of course 100 percent my thing too so it's definitely my happy place to be that's great oh i can't wait i really can't wait julia uh i was i was so stoked when somebody uh slid me the crimson diamond (laughs) on twitter i think it was and I've been excited ever. I'm a very excitable person, if you haven't <laughs> noticed. Like, I will get excited at the, anything. So I am, like, hyper excited for this game. And thank you so much yeah. for 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 uh, talking to us about games and your experiences. I, I do feel inspired. So thank you so much. Oh, good. You know, and I want to yeah. thank you guys, too. Thank you, first of all. Roses, when you did that... I was shocked beyond words when you did the uh, <laughs> the uh, little the video about uh, Crimson Diamond back like way back when. I was just mm-hmm. like that was another thing where I tell you like the reception of it has been so positive and you you were a part of that. I'm like oh my gosh oh. like I I watched you for years and it just like I can't believe you made a video for it and it was it was just a big deal to me. So I want to say thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. I plan to review the whole thing. So oh, look forward yay. to the whole game. Yeah, and also like with this podcast you and Matt are doing, um, just thank you so much again for 
you know, supporting and celebrating adventure games and for, for supporting and celebrating indie adventure game developers. That's a huge deal for all of us. And it just, it's so much appreciated. Of oh, course. Yeah. We love doing it. We love adventure games and we love Julia Minamata. So Aww. thanks again Aww. for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you, Julia, for coming on the show. Everybody go check out the Crimson Diamond. I had so much fun talking about trailers with you, Roses. Not Thank trailers, you. demos. Thank you. And, tra- and well, trailers too, because some of them trailers. I did watch. Yeah, you watched some trailers. I had so much fun talking about upcoming <laughs> games. This whole episode was about <laughs> upcoming games and I'm stoked. Yeah. This, yeah, I, if, I got a little excited in the third segment. I don't know if that's <laughs> annoying or what's going to happen when I listen to that back, but I'm stoked. I'm nah. I'm inspired. I'm excited. It's nice. It's nice to talk to somebody who inspires you. And I am so, if half of these games come out this year, this is going to be an incredible year for adventure games. And I'm really glad to be doing this podcast and having a place to talk about this stuff with everybody. Yeah. But more so with me, your friend, Pushing Up Roses. My friend, Pushing Up Roses. So. (laughs) Matt, I have a question for you. Yeah. And the audience, what say you and I perhaps do a Let's Play on one of these upcoming games that we just talked about? Yeah, I'd love it. Look, people have been begging. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a couple people have been begging for for a Let's Play. And I thought I would invite you to do it. so that we could, I don't know, have something for the YouTubes, for the channel. Yeah, that would be great. And then everybody can see what a great gamer you are. <laughs> Thank you. Keep tabs on our social media and uh, Pushing Up Rose's YouTube channel for that. So thank you all for listening. Remember to keep sending us emails. Ask us your adventure <laughs> game questions. Ask us for adventure game advice. That might be fun. Ask us, uh, you know your deepest darkest questions about uh, adventure gaming whoa. send us emails at uh matt and roses at gmail.com <laughs> we also want to announce we are now part of the adventure game hotspot network Woo-hoo! we're really proud to be a part of them there's all sorts of good stuff on the adventure game hotspot network uh YouTube channels, podcasts, mm-hmm. and the Adventure Game Hotspot website, which you can sometimes see a review on video a video game from me there. Uh, they are uh, also the Matt Ockham. The Matt Ockham, you can see Shit. his writing. Um, <laughs> they also just launched a Kickstarter for the Adventure Game Fanfare, which is the first ever Adventure Game fan convention to happen in the united states it's going to be taking place in tacoma washington july 27th and 28th of this year you can go to adventuregamehotspot.com and find the kickstarter find all the information about it there anything else we want to talk about before we dip so about stardew valley so okay so i wanted to uh yeah thank you guys all for listening (laughs) next episode i think we'll be talking about the excavation of Hobbs Barrow. So make sure you've played and get ready for for some of that. We'll probably be spoiling some things in that episode. Do do you remember our sign out? Uh, Podcast is art. Podcast is art. Art Art is is suffer. suffer.